where nerd culture collides with hip hop. Tell them it one more time. Some, some hip hop shit. Meltdown Comics presents On Some Hip Hop Shit. Welcome to On Some Hip Hop Shit from a nerd perspective. Welcome to On Some Hip Hop Shit. Presented by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles. On Some Hip Hop Shit is a weekly podcast where we delve into all kinds of stuff, but primarily the collision of the civilization of hip hop and comics culture nerd culture (laughs) nerd culture comic culture what we mean by that is anything that has to do with animation anime nerdy pop culture cosplay whatever it's all it's all it's all fair game and usually it's on some hip-hop shit most deaf there you go who are you who are you i'm b schultz b schultz (laughs) alongside adam Adam S. Adam S. And our recur we have with us our our, our frequent ne'er do well. Oh yeah. Self Uno. What up though? How are you? Doing good, man. Did you like that that Blockheads episode you were on? Amazing. You were unbelievable. Uh, we had to have you back. <laughs> there it uh, is. People may not hear the most amazing parts, but um, we we may have to get together for a, a part two. All right, there it is. Yes, <laughs> to be continued. All right, and we have a special guest. Most definitely, he gets introduction music. There it is, <laughs> Mr. James Ratano. Hello, hello, podcast listeners. Yes, you are on some hip hop shit, my boom. friend. Thank you. Yeah, you've been doing some major hip hop shit. Uh, that's what they tell me. All right, so he's been about it. Yeah, he. I mean, you have got. We are very honored. Thank you, number one, for being here. No problem. Um, you're an LA guy now. Yes. Okay, but you did not start off in LA. No, I did not. I'm from Santa Cruz, California. Now, I'm from Ohio originally, Cincinnati, and there was a hip hop scene in Cincinnati, Ohio. But you are evidence that there's a hip-hop scene in Santa Cruz. I did not know this. Yeah. Um, it was uh, pretty early on. It was, uh, I mean, 1983 was when we first started getting... Well, actually, the thing that brought hip-hop to Santa Cruz is The Clash, believe it or not. The wow. Clash toured for Combat Rock. They brought Futura 2000 and uh, I think it was Dondi and uh, and Zephyr with them. So they just did a bunch of pieces all over town and tagged up at the university and did a bus. And I remember just seeing the stuff and I wasn't 
I wasn't really in, I didn't really know too much about it at the time, but I remember seeing it and then, uh, the clash performed at, at the local, uh, uh, Santa Cruz civic that they had. And then they had a bunch of guys from our, our junior high go and break dance on stage with them while Futura was doing pieces in the background. Like this is crazy thing. And I remember hearing about it. I, I didn't get to go to the show. I was like 12 or 13 at the time, but, um, everybody's like, Oh man, they all, they all like, they, they weren't really calling it breaking. They were calling it, uh, uh, strutting at the time that was like the term that they use and so they, yeah they strutted on stage with the clash these like punk rock dudes and stuff and then it just became like this legend and then like about a year later it really broke and became huge in our junior high and then um yeah and then that's that's hip-hop started and then a club opened up that was close by all ages club and this is in 83 84 late 83 early 84 it was all ages so you could go there and, and they would have punk and metal shows during the week but then they would have hip-hop on the weekends and they called it soul it wasn't called hip-hop yet and they had open mics so you'd go up there and you'd see people get up there and just bullshit and just say whatever and then africa bambata came and played oh man yes and we all paid ten dollars to see him dj and it was like this real like oh my god he's really coming this is he's bringing the soul sonic force with him it's this whole thing mm. and uh that was the first show I spent ten dollars to go see. I had no one like you're spending ten dollars to go see a guy play records like the hell, right? So right, that, that that was an investment. Yes, <laughs> but at the time we were like, you're like that's like, why don't you come out of my house and see me play records? Like, right. why is this give me ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So right, so, so so mom's drawer came up a little bit light. Yes, yes, okay. my mom paid, bought me the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, and and I just want to jump in anyone who uh, wants to get more familiar with James' work as we talk, uh, one site you can check out is 19, spelled out, 1985.com. 19, spelled out, and the number's 85.com. And there's also tfustudios.com. Right? Yes, that is my studio. So. And we'll, we'll get into that. But first, I, I'd like to do a cheers yeah, like, well, what are we what are we doing here, Brando? We might be we might be sipping on some. Brando, what you sipping on, cat? <laughs> we might be sipping on a little, little something German. A little, Bex, a little Bex. We get it in the green bottles. Yeah. Cheers, everyone. Bottles. James, Italian. Oh, yeah. all right. Here we go. <laughs> there you go. Thank Cheers. You. Indeed. Tava. <laughs> <laughs> my brother Adam. <laughs> my kids are half Jewish, half Italian. Hey, there so, you go. Uh, there yeah. we go. Well done. All right. So <laughs> you've actually undertaken yeah. James yes. to document the Santa Cruz hip hop scene, right? Yeah. Or is yeah. it the full hip hop scene, or is it the graffiti scene, or do you include it all? It was. It was both. It was really both back then. It wasn't so much of a scene. It was just a bunch of a, a, a group of friends, and we all kind of. You know, I mean, it's, it's like anything else. We we saw each other's names around town. We battled each other, and then we met each other, and then we became friends, and then we became a crew. And we said, we're gonna take over the world. And um, yeah, we were all we were a bunch of us were all 15 years old. And what corresponds in some of the books is uh, um, for uh, a Mexican girl's 15th birthday, they have something called the quinceanera. Right. Yeah. And so that's there's a few quinceaneras in these in this series because this series is the year 1985. So, um, that's, yeah, we were all 15 and we were all really into graffiti and that year was just like this year that I'll never forget. So I decided to document it and then I swear like 86 came around and it just 
died. Everybody just disappeared. Mm. And I was kind of the last man standing, so that's uh, So in the in the series the main character is named Count. Yes, that's that used to be my tag. That that's was you. Right, yeah. Count one. Yes. That's dope. That's dope. And how many how many books are in the series? There's seven. Wow. But the eighth one, well, actually, there's eight. The eighth one I'm working on, actually, I'm just start, starting to ink it. Um, it's called 1885, okay. and it's the same characters, oh. but in the year 1885. 18? So, yeah, so it's them in the 1800s, and it's like... Uh, what? There was these, like, riots that happened in the town, and surfing was introduced, so I was like, oh, I got to do this. So I'm, it's like 80 pages. Yeah, so same lo- same location. <laughs> okay. lo- location. Yes, but a hundred wow, years okay. earlier. That yeah. is cool. These that weird cool. kind of occult tie. It, let let yeah, me yeah. ask you: <laughs> did, did you paint on any places that were established in 1885? You know, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. No, I kept it pretty. Uh, I was, I was, I was like, a, I, I was a Catholic, so I was always very like, we have to be respectful. Yeah, he's like, fuck that shit. I'm gonna go scribe <laughs> on a window. And right. I'm there like, was one scene I think in the most recent. Um, or maybe yeah, it was number seven, where there was one of your friends wanted to uh, burn a, a train, like a, a, a old train. Yes. And you were like, Nah, you can't do that. You got to yeah. pay respect. You can't do that. Let's go over here. Yeah, yeah. Self, I'm not sure if you've ever had. It, there's a little bit of scruples that are involved. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you're not painting on a church. You're not painting on a private home. Um, in general, you want to kind of stick to public property. Um, and then, you know, like uh, where I, I grew up in New York City, I painted a lot of uh, store gates when they were down, you know, overnight, um, doing throw ups on those. Uh, they weren't they weren't visible during the day. But as soon as the businesses closed, they were they were down and you could see them again. It's actually very similar to this uh, one I'm looking at here. Your 1985 number six cover like this is my life right here, you know, walking down Broadway. You know, from about 125th down to, you know, Soho and hitting store gates like yeah. constantly to stay up on Broadway. And uh, yeah, no, you had you definitely had the rules. You wanted to hit public property. You weren't hitting private homes. You, you know, you, you kept it. You kept it official that way, you know, Absolutely. like you could. But it was kind of seen as like it was toy. It was toy to do that. You see somebody doing that, and you knew they were a toy. Yeah, I, I had a friend who I kind of introduced to graffiti years later. Like in like, it was like I was much older. I was kind of like, oh, I'm a little too old for that. And he tagged a Porsche, and I saw his name on a Porsche. I said, "What are you doing? That's someone's car." And that was like, what a dick. He's like, oh, it's up. Yeah, More no, that's than you are. That, that's off limits. Horrible. That's, that's yeah. off limits. Yeah, no, I mean, you you might hit a delivery van. You might hit a commercial truck. You might hit a delivery truck, a panel, a box truck, something like that. But uh, when it came to a person's car, who wants to wake up in the morning and come out to the car and, and see some fool had tagged it up? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, that's just whack. I mean, unless you had beef with that guy and you knew that was his car and you wanted to vandalize that dude's car right. on, on beef. I mean, you know it kind of like, takes the art out of it if you become a vandal. Well, I mean, in a lot of ways, you're just out to destroy at, at that age. You right, know, like right. before you have the skill to go paint a burner or, you know, the the money to or the racking skills to get together 20 cans out all at one time to go paint, you do have like one, two, three cans and that's it. And you're going to go yeah. hit the streets. Like as soon as I had two cans, I was like ready to go. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, there yeah. was no like, oh, well, let me just like, <laughs> you know, get together 20 cans and go do like a burner someplace. Like, no, dude, like if I had to, I'm I'm out, I'm gone, you know? It, I think I think with graffiti, it, I don't know if you found this, but there was always two groups. There were the guys who were the like, kind of the guys who wanted to go and just paint somewhere and not be bothered and have like an outline, this whole like plan. And then there were the guys who were just ready to just, who weren't necessarily artists, but the sport of it. They wanted to smash, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Spit. On Beat Street, they well, wanted to smash. No, not cap. even spit cap. Or, or cap. No, yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. like, it, like th- there's that's a third type of person who really is motivated by other people doing something yes. and wouldn't be motivated on their own to to act. They're a you know reaction. Parasite. They're a reaction. Yeah, they're a reaction. They're, 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 yeah exactly. They're a parasite. They're, yeah. They they they. There's there's guys out here in, in L.A. who are the same thing. These dudes that just go over one another. They would never be the first to hit a wall, but if someone else hits that wall, then they'll go out and cross that guy out. And they're not even, they're not out to do their own thing. They're out there to cross out somebody else who's doing something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so, but yeah, you're right. There's two types in general. You know, there's the vandals who are out to destroy and get up and do everything illegal and stay in the public eye and just get like the in your face kind of action and then there's other dudes who are out to do some art and want to develop it and then there's crossover obviously between those things there's there's guys like you know the older you get the more you see like these cats who are like they still go out and smash and they tag and they do throw-ups and they go bombing but they also do pieces and they also do burners and productions and they'll keep it like on every level so, and, and go work at like a law firm during the day i'm guessing <laughs> who knows you know what i'm saying like yeah. like some you know i'm well there's blue collar cats there's white collar cats and the graffiti is the commonality between them all you know what i'm yeah. saying what, and then there's creative dudes what's like, a burner versus a piece a burner is a super multicolor uh piece that has connections and background and effects and all this other stuff. And a piece could be a straight letter piece with just like two or three colors at most. It's still a piece though. It may not have letters connecting. It might not have a whole lot of background or something, but it's more than a throw up or a tag. And a throw up is a bubble letter type thing. So executed. the best is a burner. Like when it you depends are on your most, opinion. There are some people yeah. out there who love a throw up. You know what I'm saying? Who love to see Throwies. a sick throwy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's that's a, a piece. Right, right, right. right. So, so yeah. what, in Santa Cruz, James, were they using the same lingo? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, it all came from New York. You know. Well, yeah, I know I, that, but I didn't know if it sometimes it it, it loses or it changes translation as it moves across the coast. I got caught at Disneyland. In 1985, actually, actually, this documented number one. I got caught in Disneyland, and you know, they take you to this whole tunnel, and they take you to this office, and they, the guy said, first he wanted to know, are you with the gang, and what's the gang? Do you have other gang members here? I was like, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm a graffiti writer. He's like, well, tell me a little bit about graffiti, and I just gave him this whole spiel on, well, there's, there's tags, and then there's throw-ups, and then there's pieces. And I just talked my, I talked this guy's ear off. What you get? You were in <laughs> Disney, and you were in the, in the holding. They like holding. But sale. What, what would you do wrong? I tagged on the uh, oh. um, the little buckets that take you across the park. Oh, the bucket seats that take you across the park. I tagged on them, ah. and man, they stopped that ride so fast. Oh. It was like clockwork. They closed <laughs> the gate, kept everybody Wait. in there. You it was were, like an airport. You had markers, or you yes. were okay. All right. and I threw it in the bushes, <laughs> right. and they got me. And boy, that place 
that every every atom in that place is monitored. It's crazy. Wow. They're watching you. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever tried to do no, a theme park? No way. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? I learned a hard way. No, that's crazy. Even. Yeah, even in 1985. Yeah. No, Disney yeah. is definitely on some yeah. Big Brother shit. Yes. Like, without a doubt. Big time. Big, but my my uncle's a lieutenant for the Anaheim Police Department, yeah. so he got me off. Oh. <laughs> they made they made that call. You're like, you don't know who I am. Call my uncle. I didn't say it quite that way, but right. I said, oh, I'm staying with my uncle. I was like, you know, yeah, but anyways, so yeah. So you, so also in the, um, in the series, 1985, you depict yourself with a unibrow. Is that accurate? Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, a character I painted. I used to paint okay. him every once in a while, the unibrow right. guy. I, I mean, I, I don't really have one, but I always thought uh, that's kind of a, it's more of a graphical element, you know, yeah. to make a character. And, and were you always wearing a hoodie? Yeah, I did for a while, and I always wore the same clothes, and people would say, like, God, just take... Because back then, when you were 15, when you got a Nike windbreaker, that you wore it every day, because it was so exciting. You wore Lee jeans, and you couldn't have... You know, your parents bought you those. So, your shell toes, you wore every day. You didn't have 10 pairs like you do now. Right. So, the kids wore them every day. It was like a uniform, and it was like a a superhero costume, and that's kind of what I was trying to do with this, so... So were you into comics back then? Oh yeah, from age of six, I had a Marvel collection. I still have them. So that's the thing that. So were you doing art back then too? Yeah. What, so yeah. as a kid, I mean, had the, the, the logos on the comic books, like on the heads of comic books, Man Thing, The Thing, all that stuff. It's so easily parlayed into street art, into, into graffiti. It was just like, oh, look, I'm painting my names like on a comic book. It was just a no-brainer, you know? Yeah. No, I think that a lot of that, um, like, style writing and, uh, you know, those letter forms really did come from comic book covers yeah, and come trains. from album covers, yeah. you know, and even early um, characters were taken from the Sunday comics, you know, yeah. they were, they were yeah, just yeah. out there because it's really an art form that was developed by kids. Yeah. You know, it's not like some grownups, you know, who had a lot of... Um, time to think about all this stuff we're coming up with this stuff frank Frazetta wasn't out painting trains you know what i'm saying right, like, he right. wasn't doing it out there he was painting you know in, in heavy metal or whatever like but can you imagine if he was oh, that's what sick, the thing right? i always like fantasize what if like john byrne had spray paint in but 1980 you know, <laughs> but you know what it's like those dudes like the john burns and the frank Frazetta's of today do have spray paint and they yeah. are out there doing it and that's what's kind of sick about how graffiti has developed into our common you know vernacular in our popular culture yeah for sure you know like i saw like the sickest stuff like in the early 90s was not coming from dudes who were copying those old things anymore they had um totally you know absorbed all of that culture mm-hmm. and now we're you know fusing it together into this art form and doing their own thing oh yeah you know by yeah. like by like studying how those older painters uh, you know, rendered everything, and where they were using core shadows, and they were using you know like uh, different kind of light, lighting directions, and and all this other stuff to to bring their art to life in a way that was no longer like a two D you know uh, copy yeah, of, right. of something that had came before, and that's where we're at these days, I think. Yeah. Speaking of that Marvel influence, um, I'm gonna time transport us to. Uh, a project that you had a hand in, I believe, uh, the um, Mad Villain all caps video. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could see that whoever was behind this was influenced by those 
early Marvel comics. Oh yeah, for and, sure. And Marvel there's animation. Even a, there's even a Jack Kirby uh, oh, shout yeah. out well, in the beginning. I mean, anyone who's interested in in what we're talking about, do yourselves a favor, go to YouTube, Mad Villain, all caps, and see what James Tritano has you know blessed us with. Yeah. What, what do you have a site, James, on YouTube? Uh, well, it's a uh, yeah, it's um, I think it's YouTube slash tfu studios it should be okay, um okay. maybe even james Rotano. i think they might have youtube kind of said nope can't do can't do company sites can only be your personal site so it might yeah. be james Rotano. but okay. yeah those are all on youtube at some point yeah it's yeah. on i'm looking at I, i'm looking at stone stone throw yeah stone throws yeah. ones probably you should um, check it out there yeah, and yeah. so and i want to get into that as well because you have a long collaboration with with stone throw yeah, which i think it. is really cool great um Mad villain um though uh this video i feel was something that really defined mf doom's you know persona in a lot of ways or kind of really Amplified communicated it, right. yeah exactly communicated it to people who, who might not know. might not know might not have seen him and really you know kind of merged those two worlds it really, brought his of, album of, covers of to life essentially it brought his album covers to life and hip-hop and comics you know so just talk about how that came about how that process went all that good stuff well he had the he had the metal fingers records i think before he would take jack kirby out jack kirby art and put it on his album covers and i remember seeing that in the record store and thinking like uh, what is this you know i i think i had i had heard of him but i hadn't heard him yet mm-hmm. um but um, you know, I I I kept telling Stone Throw, get a big guy to wear that outfit at Comic Con. I kept telling him to do that. <laughs> just walk around, walk around Comic Con as Mad Villain, and they they were like, yeah, it'd be great. And they just never did it. And I was mm. like, oh, just mm. to promote the damn record. But right. I mean, they, the record needed no promotion. It took off and did did really well. But um, uh, no, I just uh, I you know, it was it was an email. I'd met Peanut Butter Wolf in like the late nineties through some just some mutual friends um he had just moved down here as well and and the hip-hop scene in 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 los angeles was relatively small it was like yeah everyone really knew each other it was kind of nice you go to like uh i don't know um the root down or gabar or whatever and you just see everybody hanging out and it was like hey what's up what's up and it was a really and i felt Fire, firecracker you ever go to firecracker no but oh. but that was like the same sort it was of similar thing. It was, very similar yeah. root down yeah. root down was sick though yeah, yeah. and yeah. you see these people hanging out and so um anyway so i just emailed chris peanut butter wolf one day and said hey you know um we should do a video with mad lib where we take like just like those old marvel comic cartoons from the 60s that were really terrible and he said and he wrote me back and said yeah, let's do one for uh, the new Doom project coming up. Uh, that, that was your first one? Uh, no, it was like my fifth video at the time. Okay. But um, so that's all I was doing at the time. I was just doing music videos. When did you do the uh, Quasimodo one? That was previous to it, yeah? 2005. Oh, that was uh, later. This okay. was 2002, I think. Well, 2002 is when we first started talking about it. And then I think we, we started it soon after um for for the doom project but uh it was really early on we started talking and then uh eventually he got some cash and then um we got started and then i had a conversation with doom about comics and it was just like it was like what's he love, talking it was about like a love affair it was just like ah, i remember that one that one comic and no oh, so he knows he knew all the stuff and it was like at that point i thought oh, okay this is cool this is you he, wanted he, he wasn't just using the imagery he was like really into it so it was right. kind of like okay i gotta make this happen so i quit yeah. my job at the time i was working in an animation studio and said i'm just gonna do this full time and you know 
uh, it wasn't wasn't a very big budget, but I was just so into it, and uh, it paid off. What can I say? You now, know? now, when you were saying to him, uh, Peanut Butter Wolf, hey, look, I want to do this, did you take... You know, I did graffiti. You give him the credentials, or you just say I'm an animator. No, he knew me. Okay, he knew me. He knew me um, uh, through a couple different people. Um, but uh, at that point, I had kind of, you know, I knew the label. I was re- I was really into the label. But um, yeah, we 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 had talked about a lot of stuff and everything. In fact, I um, had met him in the in 1999, I think it was, and uh, the Antidote by Loop Pack had just come out, so we did a promotion. For that record, it was such a fucking great record. Oh, but, yeah. um, and so that's how I'd originally met him. So we knew, he knew like, oh yeah. But then I was just like, oh, we could do this comic book stuff. He's like, talk to him about that shit because I don't know anything about it. And then uh, it worked out. So, yeah. So what what do you do? I mean, is there a special technique? I mean, how are you making this? Well, there, there might, or, well let me, let me okay, jump you in. you go, you go. What's interesting from an animation perspective is that in, this was the time where people were using Flash yes. and making, sure. which was a software originally developed for web pages, you know, and reverse en- engineering it to do limited animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so a lot of things had a similar kind of puppet look. And this didn't have any of that. But then you could also see that it came from very few hands. Well, that was the thing. It was like, I'm just going to do this like an animated comic book. And then all of a sudden you start, okay, Jack Kirby uses a ton of black. I mean, he just pours that on those pages or Chick Stone or whoever was his anchor back then. So trying to register that and actually trying to do it, I was just like, oh, this is a nightmare. Mm. Cause it's just the lines are moving all over the place. I said, well, maybe that'll actually work with it. So a ton, I went through like so much black ink at the time and uh um, more than the budget maybe <laughs> yeah oh, don't, i don't even want to discuss it it was that was whatever but i mean it, it, took, was, it took years off your life is what you're it saying it did it was yeah. like it was like a month over I, I didn't have the money to pay rent it was like this real dark time but anyways he was very happy he quit his job yeah <laughs> no it was just like what are you doing um but uh but yeah so registering that artwork was um it was tricky, mm. but once it kind of got a groove and once I kind of got the feel of it, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, yeah. this could kind of work. It could be something kind of cool. So I really loved the um, the transitions from frame to frame in that I thought that the uh, square panels really worked in that video uh, to transition from scene to scene. It was really effective. Yeah, thanks. I mean, it was it was something that it, uh, looking back, it's like, ah, oh, I could have done so much more. I could have employed a lot of fruit, but... Less is more. Yeah, okay. No, honestly. And, and there was a lot of texture to the to the to the it was a tooth to the paper, the paper. you know what I'm saying? It was a there tangible was paper. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It really did feel like you were flipping through the pages, including the ads, like That's the Sea Monkeys right. ad yeah. and the like what is it? Wanna be a comic book artist that what was that? Something like a draftsman, like all those yeah. old, like seventies ads for yeah, no, be a draftsman. Yeah, all you were missing was the like uh chest of army men, you know. Yeah. Or, or like grit or something. <laughs> Right, 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 right. <laughs> but it right, was right, so right. dope, dude. I, I, I really felt um, that it did like transport you. That watching that video in particular, and it didn't feel uh, cheap uh, for its simplicity, and it didn't feel like there was no shortcuts. You know what I'm saying? It really was mm-hmm. like uh, for for obviously you may know, but to the viewer, you know, it really had the economy that a classic like you're saying a classic Marvel animation used to have, right? Right. And right, the right. economy of an actual comic book that that really resonated it was it was true to the form you yeah know? that was the idea it was something you're holding in your hands that's coming to life if you can do that somehow 
cool, you know. So yeah, yeah. And as a, and as like a MF Doom fan, like from the very beginning, I was like, this is so appropriate. You know, it wasn't. It was in no way like uh, wrong. You know, Did you actually remember seeing it because yeah, I didn't think anyone yeah. saw it when no, it came out. I was like, oh yeah. my god, my man. No, I had a, I had the 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 very first Operation Doomsday. Like as soon as it was on yeah. the shelves, I was I was copying that, and and yeah. uh, you know uh, that had the cover by uh, Keo. Um, at yes. Scotch 79 you know I mean he's one of the most official graffiti writers out there you know yeah. from Brooklyn who knows him from you know CM fam you know like so it was like that was that was super official and then to have you know this video come out when he was uh, collaborating with um, Madlib no. you know it was like even more official so to me like as, as that kind of fan who was going to see him at shows when he came out to LA and showing him love and being a part of that environment at the time yeah it was the right it was like all everything like coming together you know did, did you did you um remember doom from his when he from was on kmd heck yeah when he was on I, third base the, yeah. the oh yeah of Zev, course yeah yes. the gas face remix yeah. Yeah. zev love x right. zev love x yeah. no kmd mm-hmm. and i remember even when i first moved out here peach fuzz um, yeah well yeah. his brother sub rock had died and their and their second record was shelved by the major label and i went Black to fat Bastards, beats right? i went to fat beats dude and i got that on cassette wow from wow. from those cats out there it was an it was a bootleg it was not official i was like i need to get this second record they i come, need to they find came it out someplace with it since. they did no they came out after after the mf doom record came out yeah it, all of a sudden it was like oh mf doom mf, MF doom right. and they were rushing to like release but it, some wasn't shit. it because of just the cover art it was the like cover a art but i think that i mean i can't speak for exactly the politics of it but i know that the cover art was definitely influencing uh the record label to not release the record right but i think that also his brother dying has something to do with it i you know i really can't say right but the cover right the cover was definitely very controversial but in no way was their previous um marketing uh not controversial either though because they had the same character right on uh, their first record yeah you know? mm-hmm. No, and he just wasn't being like hung from the yeah. hangman's noose. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Again, I remember um, my connection to MF Doom was I lived in a building um, in Upper West Side of Manhattan, and my roommate, his good friend from childhood. This is all rent stabilized, you know. Every everyone in my building was either Boricua or dominican or black or you know white working class have been there for years right and it was around the time that things were starting to change over and uh his my roommate's best friend was curious george Mm. spell it with a j Huh. Yes, or curious Jorge, <laughs> and um, walk and, like a duck. And, yeah, walk yes, like a walk duck. Like exactly, a duck. Yeah, walk yeah, like yeah. a duck. And and um, CM family. Yeah, George had done a ton in music. Like everybody wanted to was you know beat nuts and all this. And George was recording music, and my roommate kept being like, "Why are you recording music with um, that weird dude?" You know, he's like, go get with the beat nuts. You know what I mean? Go get, he's with this doom cat, you know, like, what are you going to do with that, George? (laughs) And, uh, you know, it turns out like, you know, doom goes on just by being that individual, by being that weird cat, by being somebody who had that clarity of vision and just took it all the way to the hilt. You know, now you see that's now that's commonplace. But back then. 
in hip hop, it was taboo yes. to do something outside hip-hop of the mainstream. Exactly. They called hip hop peer pressure. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people who succumb yeah. to that. It's yeah. Just like, yeah. Yeah, no, it's hard. But um, that's, that's actually, um, I mean, what's great about being allied with people like that and, and, and a label like um, Stone's Throw. Tell us some of your other animation work that has kind of you been did. In bit, these you were with Biz Markie. Well, well, before you get to Biz Markie, maybe yeah. hit like Masters of Illusion. Oh, or... What about the bully shit, though? I mean, if you want to stick with the uh, Stone's Throw, talk about the Quasimodo. Oh, part, let know. me tell you. I about mean, what there was that a lot was. of animation in that. Okay, yeah. that was going to be a movie. Okay. I was going to do with Mad Lib. Wow. This, okay, they said, "Hey, how about you do? A, how about you do this movie project with Mad Lib at doing the soundtrack? Here, here's." 10 of his beat CDs. Oh my god, I listened to this. I that is still my favorite music. Those little two minute clips of beats, I love that stuff. And then as the years went by, I see them all used. They're still used to this day on like MED's record, all this other kind of stuff on the Dillas. Uh, so much of it. So, anyways, we're gonna do a movie, we're gonna do a two hour feature film. I'll do it, I'll direct two hours, no problem. <laughs> no money and we had like a meeting with this guy Barry Cole who was a, a music supervisor and then um, a couple other people and we would meet and have Japanese food and we talked about this movie and I had this whole concept in my head I was super excited it was going to be on this like Caribbean Caribbean island that was made of trash and these mm. people who lived there reconstitute the trash and make something new out of it like a, as an analogy to hip hop and all that kind of stuff and I'm mm. telling them the story they're all looking at me like I'm nuts and <laughs> Eventually, everybody's just like, it's just too weird. I don't like the reggae Caribbean thing. And maybe just, uh, can we do something about like, like something like Star Wars? And then it was just like, uh, I, have to, I just, it, it was a, I spent a lot of time. I wrote it with a friend and this whole thing and it kind of just crashed and burned. And then, uh, did they pay you? No, this was just all like, it, we, you know, just whatever Japanese food dinners, but, um, <laughs> it, it was a, it was a real kick to talk about it. But that, some of the elements from that, I said, you know what? I'm hanging on to these damn things, man. I'm, I'm mm. not gonna. And I actually, I did a, a video for Skrillex uh, a few years ago, and I used some of those elements. And it's like, God damn it, I'm gonna use some of these ideas. But a lot of that parlayed into uh, Egon calling me up, saying, "Hey, second Quasimodo album, you want to do the video? You're always talking about that graffiti idea you had." I was like, "Yes." And then it turned into that, and then that was uh, about eight months. Yeah, there's a lot wow. of animation wow. in that, you know, compared to some of the other later. You know, masses of illusion. Okay, like that. that year though, man, I, I was doing that, working a full time job. What year is this? Two thousand five. Two thousand five. We got a movie that had like a a, a a small budget, but Fuel TV wanted us to me and me and my partner, writing partner, to make a movie for them. My dad was really sick. Mm-hmm. It was like this crazy year. Aqua Teen Hunger Force wanted to do a video. It was like this whole year of everything happening. So I was doing, uh, trying to do the the bully shit video. Kind of suffered as a result of that a little bit. But I was like, I want to do the graffiti video because, and that was what that ended up being. And then, um, you know, Cartoon Network called and said, "Hey, we like your Mad Villain record, uh, video. Can you do something like that for Aqua Teen Hunger Force?" Sure. And then that became the um, Danger Mouse video. So, yeah, it's a crazy year. Yeah. Wow. So, what was the Danger Mouse video? Um, Cartoon Network had said, "Hey, they're doing a record called Danger Doom. It's going to be on Epitaph. Uh, you want to do a video for it? We've got." billions of dollars okay sure but we have three weeks and we have and we have three dollars for you <laughs> no i know it was a, it was actually one of the bigger budgets i've worked with okay. but zero time i scrambled i was still working a full-time job i scrambled to get a, a crew together have them do everything the stuff they were sending me back was 
I mean, it just wasn't, it was all this. Right. I was like, no, you got to right. animate it. And I was yeah. really yeah. frustrated. Like, you know, they're like, well, you got to pencil it out. So I had a, it was just a, a well, bit of a nightmare. When, when, when James says this, he does the robot, uh, <laughs> puppet, puppetry animation. He did the paper mode. doll, yeah. he did yeah. the paper yeah. doll animation <laughs> dance. Slash what everybody does because it's economical yeah. and it exactly. makes sense, but right. this doesn't look hot. So. No. So, um, so you, you, oh, go on. No, no, no. So, uh, the, the, you were happy with the, the way it turned out in the end. I mean, it, it sucks it was, when you have those short, that short, there's nothing you can do. I can't there's, watch any of yeah, them. Yeah. There's no amount of money that they could probably what? pour in. Wait, none of them? A, a three week schedule. I can't watch any of them. Any of your videos? No, I can't All watch caps, them. caps, you don't watch? No, I've seen it. I've I've seen it a billion times. It's like good. okay already. Crazy <laughs> artist right MF here. Doom video enough already. God, is that, is that what it is that what it's like to be married to like a supermodel and when you, know, you don't want to look at her, you see her all the time. Yeah. Right. I, I but want, everyone else is fiending. Yeah, everyone else right. is like, damn, she's hot. You're like, you know what, man? I got the play. I got, I got the Super Bowl ring enough already. I've got a life for that. Will guy. you put some clothes on, woman? <laughs> I mean, you, you, I mean, you worked with Mayor Hawthorne recently, too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that was a long time coming. That was a, another label that said, hey, as soon as we get a budget, uh, you know, Mayor wants to do this thing, and he wants to just like all caps. And we did it. I was like, oh, geez, okay, I'll do that. And again, like, I, I think, I feel like these are all excuses I'm saying, but we had, a, we had our second kid at the time. Right. Anyways, get- excuse for the bad animation. Damn, son. You are like the anti-hip-hop dude right now. You're like all self He's really not bragging and boasting at right, all. Right, right, not yeah. at all. And everyone else is bragging for you. He's and like, that's he's why like I'm the, poor. He's like the Drake of animation. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. I suck. I know. All right, so give, <laughs> give us the perfect storm animation where you actually liked it or you enjoyed or... No, uh, uh, the 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 Dickies. I don't know if you guys know any about anything about punk rock, but the Dickies had asked me to, hey, we want to do a video with you. That was a lot of fun because they're just a bunch of goofballs, and um, I was a real fan of that band. And then they said, hey, what's you know, let's get together. And they they obviously loved it, worked out. That seemed to be that was a lot of fun. So, you know, I saw that one. You mixed live action with that, yeah? Or no, no. no um, so that's a different band. Motion Man, maybe? You oh. think in Motion? The Motion Man video? Motion Man is hip-hop. Yeah. And, I thought that, I saw... and then you did Masters of Illusion? That was the first. Okay. Yeah, that was Cutmaster Kurt, who actually I grew up with, and who's in the comic. Um, he That is actually Cutmaster Kurt? Yes, that's him. He did the he did the mix for the second the second oh, one. Sh- oh, that's... yeah. So, real quick, you do this hip-hop comic, right? 1985, and you yes. put a mix CD... Yeah, that's me. That's me and Cutmaster Kurt right here. You know, you can't see it, uh, podcast listeners, but um, we're at we're see we're going to see Run DMC in 1985, and the Chili Peppers are opening for them. That's mm-hmm. so sick. And <laughs> everyone right, was at that club to see the Chili Peppers, and when the Run DMC went on, the place was empty. Oh wow! And Run DMC was so bummed, and it was like King of Rock just come out that they, wow. they played oh, for like 15, lame. 20 minutes, and they were just like, ah, out of here. How mm. was the crowd though? For Run DMC, oh, I mean, it was all it, you could see with everybody with the the the, the Levi jackets. Yeah, so I could see. I see. Ah, oh, that's that's Doug down there, and that's so and so down there. It <laughs> you was knew like, everybody. Yeah, you knew everybody. Oh, they, they had It was yeah, like that style with the Kangles. It was just like this great moment. But uh, yeah, so that anyways, that's Cutmaster Curtain, and he would years later go on to collaborate with Cool Keith. They said, hey, uh, you know, uh, uh, Keith wants a video. You, you do a cartoon. 
I'm kind of imitating Kurt right now. It's terrible. But, um, <laughs> you know, I said, yeah, let's, let's do a flash. And this was very flash animation. And um, that, that, was, that was it. And then all the other videos after that kind of just um, you know, stacked onto that. So, yeah. So you put CDs in each of your comics. Yes. And the idea behind that was to say that each, like, because, well, I was going to do a mix for each one. Peanut Butter Wolf said, uh, hey, do you mind if I do the mix for the first record? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we went to his house. He put a mix together, and I, he was just doing it, and I was just, like, calling the records. Like, hey, you should put a, um, what was it? Let's go all the way. I was like, put that on there. Like, all this, like, goofy music that wasn't necessarily <laughs> hip-hop. And he was having a blast. And then the next one, I got Kurt to do it. It was very... Um, Kurt's, I guess you could describe Kurt's style as uh, he's a purist. He is a hip hop purist. Right. I mean, he is really, he was, I almost think of him as like one of the, like a monk almost of hip hop. So he did a very hip hop mix, mm-hmm. you know. And then um, the third one, I was like, guys, just do whatever you want. Don't even worry about hip hop. Just do it as what that year sounded like to you. And some of the guys stayed pretty kind of uh, uh, loyal to the hip-hop, but then a lot of them kind of went very left field. So it was a lot of fun, you know? Each issue, I'd, I'd get a mix made, so. That's awesome. So. Which ties it all together, really. Exactly. You hope so, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and the eighth one, since it's 1885, is going to have, like, this really scratchy, like, parlor music. Nice. It's <laughs> <as>, like a gag. <laughs> yeah, so. Who's okay. doing it? I'm gonna make it. I'm, oh, okay. I'm not okay. sure I can get someone to actually teach it. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> right, it's 1885. Right. Well, that reminds me of that um, that skit from Portlandia where they're talking about <laughs> the, the the 90s and the pork chop beards. Yes. But they're talking about the 1890s yes. in Portland. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm actually I'm 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 hyped to catch up and, and check that out. This, this, what spurred it all was this. Yeah, uh, that's for me, hopefully, to read. Uh, ah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know you that well. Ah. Yeah. We call him Sticky for short. Adam, uh, Adam Sticky. Yeah. Yeah, this was the... Well, t- let's talk okay. about it. So let's talk about it. Because this is ridiculous. Well, James has just whipped out a uh, trade that says on the front... How many pages? Jizza. Yeah. Jizza. 100 pages. Advanced oh. night, 100 pages. That was another quit my job and do. That was another version. That was another. Well, actually, I, I should be honest. I I forced them to fire me so I could do it. It's terrible, but yeah. So uh, <laughs> so what is this? Because this looks like gold. Uh, well, no, it was uh, an email. Again, an email from a publisher saying, hey, we're doing a series with Wu-Tang. Um, we like some of your comic stuff and some of your animation. Would you be into doing something for one of the Wu-Tang guys? I said, yeah, absolutely. Okay. We have a budget. Absolutely. Let's do it. And then it turned out it was Jizza. And then it went back and forth. And I just, I said, let me just write a treatment. If you guys are into the treatment, we'll do it. And so I wrote this treatment and then um, a real simple story. And then I went to go meet uh, Jizza um, actually at, at Muggs' studio of all places. He was doing a record mm. with Muggs from Cypress Hill. Mm. Oh, and, yeah. Um, he did that. That was a good album. Dude, he... Okay, first off, he's playing chess with a bunch of the guys in there. So, so he's that, so, really into chess. So that's that's not for show. These Wu-Tang members. So into it. That's all they do, I guess. Yeah. But, um, I mean, they're, they're, right, right, they're rappers right. and they're performers, and he's a father. of. But like, chess you know, is too. real. He is so into it. It's like a real thing. So um, he just sat there, and, like, a bunch of us were all sitting around him. Like, he was telling, like, a, a like 
a children's story or something. He just basically sat there and told his stories of battling Big Daddy Kane, of um, going to uh, uh, the Disco Fever, of seeing Bismarcky and Roxanne Shante perform uh, get, uh, the Deaf Fresh Group. I mean, all this stuff from like hip hop lore and going like, ah, oh, God, man, this is what this book's going to be about. Forget mm-hmm. the stuff I wrote. Let's make it about what it was like back then. So um, that's what the idea was. And he was he was into it. He's like, yeah. cool. He's like, but don't make it about me. And I was like, well. You're like, how can I not make it about you? You battle Big Daddy Kane. And, and your name is on the cover. Yes. <laughs> so it was really tough. So I really forced the issue. I forced the issue. I said, no, no, no. And I kind of did it anyway. Uh-huh. I thought, I'm so into this idea. Forget making it about science fiction. Let's make it about 1986 in New York, about the crack epidemic, about the fact that all these guys from the, the, the old school of hip-hop were all kind of falling victim to it, about the fact that the major labels were getting it. There was so much material there, and I just and went nuts. Where can people get this book? Is it in, oh, it in print at all? not even no. in yeah. print. I, eBay? That's eBay? why I'm trying to get sticky. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. I printed it myself after the, the project got shelved, and then... Um, okay. Yeah, so... So that might exist somewhere in the... Adam just put the book in his waistband. Yeah, he now. Far reaches. It's not Gone with the Wind, but, yeah. I mean, I tried my best. It was 100 pages, and I, I I, had a blast doing it. He's a super great guy. He's actually one of the nicer guys I've worked with, and he was... Uh, he told me straight up, he's like, look, you know, I'm not... I don't really know a lot about comics that, like, Meth and Ghostface do, but, um, right. you know, just do your best, and we'll see how it looks, and uh, I think eventually the Wu-Tang brand... Mm-hmm. manager it was all these people involved and sure. that kind of became a nightmare i mean i talked to them half the time before i actually talked to him yeah so that's what ended up happening right but but you got it done i mean you I got did. it and you put it out yourself that's i some, got to finish that's on some hip-hop that's on that some is hip-hop definitely on some hip-hop shit right there son. well so real quick is the battle with big daddy kane in here no but i tried to i tried to i didn't want to be specific Although I should have been like that Ed Pisker stuff is so amazing. I thought, ah, that's what I should have done. But I thought, well, you know what? I'll protect everybody because there's a lot of people on crack in there and stuff. I wanted to really be mindful about someone who actually had, uh, you know, a problem with, with, with drugs or whatever. So um, I changed everybody's name. I called Queensbridge Rockridge. I mean, I changed all this stuff and tried to be uh, somewhat correct about it. And it just ended up pissing everybody off, and no one liked it. So mm-hmm. that's what happened. Mm-hmm. What's so, Rockridge? It's Queensbridge, dummy. I was like, damn. I know, but uh, yeah. So what did happen with the Big Daddy? I mean, I did, this is the first time I've ever heard. I mean, Big Daddy Kane is my third favorite MC of all yeah. time, and I never knew he battled the Jizza. Okay, it was Rizza, Old Dirty Bastard, and Jizza, and they were a crew called All All, all in Together. All in Together. All in together now. Yes. Make them more better now. And right. so they were a crew, and they would go to all these clubs. And I guess, I'm not sure where it was, but outside, Big Daddy Kane was in line, and just thought, I'm going to battle him. What this. year is this? Do you know? Uh, late 80s, like oh, maybe wow. like 86, 87, around the time mm. the book takes place. So mm. Nice. Yeah. Well, sp- speaking off that, is there anything else that you want to let the people know about that they should check, where they should check you out? Uh, I think just... Check out 1985. It's uh, uh, it's been a blast doing it. Hopefully you enjoyed as much as I do. Um, 1885 is coming out. That's what I'm working on. That is not going to have anything to do with hip hop whatsoever, but it should be awesome anyway. So check that out. And Can they then, find uh, 1985 in Diamond or just should they go to Meltdown? Meltdown. Meltdown. Clearly Meltdown. Yeah, Meltdown. Absolutely. Amazon. Um, oh God, it's a few other places I can't think of right now. But um, okay. uh, um, Heidi Hill Comics in Santa Monica. Skylight Books and 
San uh, Fran? It's, uh, no, in um, uh, um, in Los Feliz, oh. Meltdown, of course. Um, uh, Streetlight in the Bay Area. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and of course, 1985.com. Great, great. And so, are you doing any more videos? Yeah, we're actually starting a video with Cut Chemist and Bismarcky. Sick. Nice. Yeah, you you did another thing with Bismarcky though, right? Yeah, that video? was that was like my second video. So yeah. so Bismarcky liked your shit and he wants to come back. He just said, uh, "Well, I mean, I don't know if he. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it was just like this animated video. This is like back in 1999, but um, yeah, that was like, oh my god, really? Is this real? I." Kept thinking like no, and then I got the check on the mail. I was like, "This is happening. I'm gonna right, do it." You know. Right. Um, but yeah, so the next one's gonna be cut. And me and uh, Luke, cut chemist, we've been in touch for years. I I did a video for him back in 2007. That so. video was dope. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Hell yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> that he actually cut that video. He actually said, "You know what? I don't like what you're doing. Forget it." It turns out he was a, he was an anime he was an animation major. Mm. Shit. I, I don't need them sick. to be. Well, okay, so we had, I was trying to do Quasimodo at the same time. Oh, okay. I was trying to do that at the same time. I love the look of it. I thought it had a lot of depth. I thought it had a lot of, uh, you know, like, feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it was not a flash thing. It didn't seem off the cuff. That's what we tried. And he pulled the plug and said, you know what? Let's just forget it. Keep the money I paid you so far, but let's just forget it, and we'll see what happens. And then about a year later, I saw him at this benefit for this guy, uh, Keith Tamashiro, and he said, Hey, you still you still want to do that video? Let's finish it. Ah, I got a budget. Let's do it. And I was like, well, let's do it. And then we finished it. So that was awesome. To oh, okay, that. okay. Yeah. So he wasn't mad at it, like the finished product. No, it's, but he was being... somewhere along the lines. He was a little not not super happy. But then at the end, because I, I had other stuff going on, he knew yeah, I wasn't spending okay. a lot of time on it. And so because the video was dope, dude. The two turntables calling each other on the phone and scratch scratching and and different languages or whatever it was like talking about How different shit fun is that, that was dope yeah. it was so cool it was so fun mm. you think yeah. like, these are turntables talking to each other there's no dialogue there's mm. no there's no lip syncing but and you he, put up the record covers and shit. yeah like it was that was fresh like dude. he had his bitches brew record and he wanted yeah the fact, the and the other guy was talking about the, the other joints yeah. yeah yeah it was a lot of fun come on <laughs> i'm glad that you finished that thank I'm, you i'm glad he came to his senses so we're going to work together again, so I'm really excited. So. That's what's up. All right. So this going to turn so into the stay Hulk. tuned. Are you, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, are you, uh, that's dope. Are you a Twitter? Are you a Twitter handle? Uh, are, you on, are you on the gram? Uh, yes, I am. It's uh, TFU Studios. Um, and uh, I guess, was it at TFU Studios? That Is that across the board? Is yeah. that Twitter and Instagram? and? No, uh, Instagram at TFU Studios. And then... Um, um, Twitter is eight uh, five graphic novel. Okay. That's okay. Twitter. I've been I've been doing a few tweets about yeah. your book, and oh, no I way. didn't even know. Uh, you tweet? I tweet a few times. Yeah. Okay. Wednesday's finest. You can follow me at Wednesday. <laughs> I think Wednesday finest. It's yeah. Wednes finest because they don't incorporate my whole name. Someone yeah. took that already. They no, were no, squatting no. on it. No, what? no. It's just you. You can't have that many characters in your name. Apparently, in the name you can't. Yeah, they they limit that. They're really, really? about limiting people's speech over there, man. What's <laughs> up with that? Yeah, so, that should be my hip hop name. Wednesday's <laughs> finest. Wednesday's finest. That's kind of dope, dude. Yeah, it is. You know what it means, right? No, well, you don't even know. Well, on, no, on I have that, no idea, man. On I'm that, ignorant. On, on that, that note, note, on that note, we got we'd be remiss if we didn't ask James. Yes. A lot of people do top fives, right? Yeah. Like, who's your top five? On some hip hop shit, <laughs> we like to do who's your surprise in the top five and then talk about why. Top five. MCs. MCs. All oh. time. Oh. 
Oh man, this I hate this man. This is so hard. I okay. Um, my rap tastes. My rap tastes are. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> well, tell, that's what it was. <laughs> tell us about who you like in rap. Well, I think uh, okay. Raekwon is one of my favorites. I don't know why. No, I like it's fucking flow. awesome. I'm not a lyric guy. Uh. I'm not a lyric guy. I'm a flow guy. I love the sound. It's right. just like an instrument. Right. I'm not really worried about what's actually being said mm. as literal like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of my favorites. Um, God, who else, man? This is a guy named uh, uh, Ray, Ray Rock, who's, I don't know if you, any of you remember this, Ray Rock and Casey, they were a team. There's a surprise. That is a surprise. I've been some rarefied air. The only Casey yeah. I know is with the Sunshine Band and JoJo. <laughs> the, Those are the only two Casey's. The Incredible Ray. He was on, I think, Cutting Records, I believe, and maybe Hashim did the beats for him. But anyway, this is like way, way, way Is this Santa Cruz? Dig straight out of Santa, Santa Cruz? Cruz? This is New York City. He was on Cutting Records. There Dusty you go. Fingers. Um, Ray Rock and Casey. Uh, anyways. Uh, okay, that's two. Three is gonna be. Uh, come on, James. Ah, uh, man, MCs. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Man, this is so. Is cool. he allowed to choose groups? He could choose groups. It just, it just can't be. It just can't be the top five on you know everybody's Mount Rushmore. Who it cares? It can't be everybody's top. Yeah, five. exactly. Cool G rap. Uh, G rap. Hell G-rap. yeah, That's son. That's a good one. Yeah. The streets of San Francisco like Tabasco. I mean. That guy. Yeah. Just yeah. with a lisp. Four, yes, five, I love six, that. I'm in the mix. Sadat X, number four. Sadat X. Dottie X. When I, Derek X. When I first heard Brand Nubian, I remember thinking, like, this doesn't sound like anything else. And then Rakim. When I, I okay. Oh, hell yeah. He is a Mount Rushmore, okay. though. Yeah, that's just, when I first heard Eric B as president, I thought, like, this sounds like nothing else because everything it was, was like nothing else. It was, wasn't it? It absolutely was. He he changed the game at the time. Yeah. He came along to change the game. I said it before. I never let the mic make it high. I mean, it was just like this delivery of, like, it mm. sounded like an old man or something. Nice. <laughs> and he spit, like, rhymes. I mean, like, he, he, had, he had poetry. Other people were just kind of, like, nursery rhyme you yeah. know what i mean at the time and he was really killing it with his metaphors with his visual you know um flow and he was the amazing. whole thing was it, just ridiculous yeah, and jesus said the same thing and that was awesome when i was talking about like you know so jesus who's your favorite rapper he's like man when i heard eric b as president he's like that was like something that was like from another planet thought i was a donut you tried to glaze me he's like no one Hell said stuff yeah. like that it was like right. we were all paying attention and that's a great MC. I mean, I mean, there he, was any. He was ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So that's a pretty that's a pretty solid surprise top five. Thank you. We got Ray Rock. <laughs> Ray Rock and Casey. Ray Rock up. and Casey. I know, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't no. even know where to look for that. <laughs> Did you find it, Brando? N- not yet. YouTube. Not YouTube. Yet. YouTube. Okay. YouTube okay. It. <laughs> oh, the, the, incredible, the incredible Ray. There's like a bunch of dudes hey, on man. Facebook. That yeah, guy is. Gonna, that guy's about to tweet you too. Like, Yo, he damn, loves, he loves this cat right now. He's like, yeah, he's no. like, I'm buying all your books. I really don't. 1985. I'm flying to LA. He's your biggest fan right now. You bought that record. No way. Yeah, we got you. we got Sadat X, Derek X. Oh, that's just that's, that's solid, solid selection. Hell yeah! No, how could you not? Yeah. Rock, rock him, rock him, jump up to get beat down. Yeah, that oh, was that was ridiculous. I still love that song. Yeah, yeah, love that song. Little homophobic. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> yes, but there's but just that time, beat. But that's just the, it's the flow. Down. He's talking about no, the flow. Right, and you know what? Nowadays, if he's if if he spends a lot of time talking about wine, dude, he he maybe he's changed his views. Well, I mean, MCA is the perfect example. Rest in peace. But when he said, uh, what was it? Um, 
MCAs in the back because he's scheming with the whore. I mean, those guys were like, oh, we said shit like that? So now they have mm-hmm. to say MCAs in the back with a Mahjong board. What? Yes. They changed a lot of their lyrics because they were, I mean, BC Boys lyrics early on were like, God. The Tibetan monks. Yeah, but they were like, what, 16 years old? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, exactly. not for nothing. I, yeah. I mean, I'm not mad at a lot of the, like, the homophobic stuff or the whatever because that's their personal worldview or what have you. People are allowed to grow and change. Yeah. yeah. And even if they haven't changed, they're entitled to their opinion or whatever. But, uh, yeah, no, punks punks jump up to get beat down it's mad sick (laughs) but you know like as i got older and i started to know some gay dudes and whatnot like i was not putting that on my mixtapes yeah you You gotta love me or leave me alone love me or leave me alone that sample was sick dude crazy joy from lazy boy all right how about this (laughs) then james give me uh three comic books that you would recommend to anybody either stories or Anything, just comic. I mean, you know, whatever comics. Uh, Ed Pisker's series is just unbelievable. Hip hop family tree, oh, fanographics, so good. Mm. Anything by Chris Ware, which is probably very. That's I mean, you know, that's probably par for the course. Hernandez Brothers. I wouldn't yeah. do this. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't see Love mm. and Rockets Love and thinking Rockets like, ah oh, man, so good. I still look. They had their artwork at. Uh, for show at uh, Lalou's Gallery. Oh like, yeah, giant artwork. Matt Kennedy, man, he runs at, that. You look at those things. He's close a podcaster. Up, meltdown. There's Sorry. so many erase marks and so many reworkings of those lines that they're not really as effortless as you think. And I remember ah, looking at that and thinking like, okay, I feel good about my art now. I used to love like just this whole simplicity of that. It was so DIY and like so like punk rock in a lot Gosh. of ways, where it was you know 180 degrees from the kind of comics that i was used to at the time like yeah. like the marvel comics and everything else oh, yeah. which was very produced and you could tell there was like 50 people working on exactly. it and everything else a team so yeah. that's that's real interesting i thought i was like swearing up and down that that was like uh you know like you're saying just effortlessly these dudes flowing and like doing it like wasn't that. though they worked they worked those artwork interesting that was very heartening to see that and go like oh okay this is hard okay yeah. Because you look at their stuff and you think, God, it's just like one shot, but it's not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then animation. What should, what what influenced you animation-wise? Oh, uh, the Japanese. I mean, like um, Speed Racer, Macross, um, Robotech. Mm-hmm. Seeing that stuff in the 80s yeah. and then seeing it start to reflect in graffiti was exciting. It's like, yeah. oh, they're starting to paint this stuff like Transformers. Um that stuff, I mean, I'm lumping it all together, and that's terrible, but uh, that was a huge influence. Any of the experimental stuff, La, La, La Planète Sauvage, which is a, a French animation, um, Fantastic Planet, they call it. Mm. And then uh, uh, the tri- Triplets of Belleville, guys, I can't think of their names, but th- that... So, uh, Chimay? Chimay, yeah, yeah, yeah. French guys, yeah, that's still so damn good. Oh, in comics, Hergé. Anything by Hergé. Oh, sure. He's my hero. Tantan. Yes. So good. So good. Detail, man. The bellish. There's a lot of words on those pages, man. <laughs> like, I tried to get my kids into Tantan, and they were like, too many words, Dad. Like, Man, there's a... Uh, okay, there's one Tintin called Destination Moon where they, they yeah, we tour got that. A, radioactive, uh, a radioactive reactor, and he explains... How you take uranium and transport it to plutonium to make fuel out of? He's basically talking how to make a nuclear bomb, like on the in real, this yeah. comic. Yeah. But no one cared back then. It's like the right. '50s. It's like you take uranium, you transport it to plutonium 238, and then it becomes this isotope, and 
It never allowed that now. It's, right. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> North, North Korean government taking money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Kim Jong-un is like pouring over that shit right now, dude. It's like, it's like, I'm Hussein. Yeah. Well, I want to wrap this up before we start. Um, we start sweating all over our microphones. Um, You're it, that hot? Yeah, it's hot. It's hot in here. It got I, hot. I, it, the it, AC it, is on. I'll turn it, it on. It got hot. Yeah. yeah. That's because James spitting fire. <laughs> yeah, it, that's exactly the reason. Hot oh fire. Some, some, <laughs> some hot takes. Yeah, James, you got to come Fresh back though oven. for sure. Yeah, oh, I'd love to. Because we got to get uh, we got to get some you know more stories about the Santa Cruz graffiti scene, and then how you made that transition, all that. Well, so. you know, I also didn't realize I would be with such esteemed company. So thanks, you guys, for having me. This is awesome. I didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe I undersold my friends. Sorry, guys. We'll keep it fresh. Die. I'm used to it. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, we'll see you next week. Yes, this is on some hip hop shit presented by Meltdown Comics. Just also like to tell the audience listen, Meltdown is really doing major things right now. You can actually come to Meltdown, sign up on Meltdown Comics dot com for meltdown university it's a school at meltdown where they teach you the skills to make your own comic books some of the current classes include creating comics drawing comics for kids the art of inking there's about to be some new classes which is watercolor painting photoshop basics for comics and writing long form comics so Dude, it's like 8.30 and there's like 50 people out there right now drawing. <laughs> you know what? Don't say meltdown Not even anymore. Lie. Like, my man, there's so many people out there no, in, and, inside the store. And right you know it's what crazy. that is? It's Meltology. So thanks for the lead in. But it's a monthly comics jam at Meltdown. It's every third Tuesday of the month. Basically, you show up at Meltdown at 7 p.m., draw a page of whatever you want, at 9.30, they collect all the art and $3 for the printing cost because when you come back to the next Comics Jam, they give you a complete zine with everyone's contributions inside. And that, as the kids like to say, is what's up. Yeah, no, that's some real shit. It's, you it's get, dope. Yeah, no, and it's every month, nice. and, it's, uh, nice. and it's on the year anniversary right now. So we're going into year two with that. Oh, really? Yeah, so just come and draw. I mean, there's people hanging out who just want to draw so it's everybody here. should draw everybody no should draw no lie all right so thanks Real for listening on some hip-hop shit keep it funky all right see you next week goodbye peace This episode of On Some Hip Hop Shit was produced by Brandon Schultz and Adam Silverstein, engineered by Mason Booker, and recorded at the Meltcast Podcast Studios, Hollywood, California. They got street legends. Our theme was produced by King Smo of the Animal Crackers, and a special thanks Francisco, Gaston, Mark, and Mike Davis. Artwork by Self Uno. Tweet to us at our brand new handle at on some hip hop shit, and that is what's up. <laughs>